and we are live hello everyone and welcome to the soul survivor podcast i am your host dylan bird alongside my co-host ryan winthrop it's been a while ryan and we are back here so how are you doing I'm good, Dylan. Uh, as Jeff said, the monster is back, and so are we. Um, it's been a couple months. I hope you've been enjoying your off season, but I am so excited that a new season of Survivor is only uh, two weeks away. Yeah, it's it's really unbelievable. Um, the off season because we're starting in March and not February like normally it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm super excited to get back in. I um, wish we could have done you know some more off season stuff, but I was very busy, so you know got a little tied up there, but. Excited to go full throttle back into season 42 stuff. Obviously, right here, we are going to preview um, the cast of Survivor season 42. We got some articles that we want to share with everybody. We'll share screens. We'll let people see what we're seeing. And then we'll give our analysis on each player. Talk about how we think that they're going to do in the game based on the answers that they gave, based on other stuff that we've seen so far, pregame pressed. So, look, really, really excited for this. Um, obviously, you know, love getting a new group of players to analyze. You got 18 new players here. Um, and I'm excited to see what you think as well. Yeah. Uh, before we start diving into people, Dylan, I wanted to just get your quick overall, you know, thoughts on the cast because you and I both, we read the articles. I mean, just for your reference, if anybody wants to, you know, do some more research themselves, uh, we basically used, uh, Mike Bloom's articles on parade.com and then Dalton Ross's articles on entertainment weekly. Um, but what I can say just from my quick experience of the cast in general from the articles and then and then also the little videos that CBS put out, Dylan, I'm really feeling this cast. This feels like a really fun cast. I mean, I did enjoy last season, season 41's cast as well, obviously. But I really, for some reason, I connected with these group of people. Maybe it was their stories and, you know, why they either got into Survivor or what their little pet, pet peeves and quirks are. But I really found myself kind of interested to learn about each and every one of them. Um, yeah, I'm very bullish on this cast. I, I, I think it has a lot of potential. Um, and I'll, again, I'm excited to dive in. We have the premiere of Survivor Season 42 in just two weeks from tonight. So, you know, it's going to be here faster than we know it. Uh, I think it's going to be a very similar feel to Season 41. Uh, what do you think of that? Obviously, um, is up to you, whoever's watching. Uh, some people obviously want it to go back to normal. Other people think that, you know, you know, this was a good season last season. I'm kind of in between. I'm fine with whatever Survivor gives us, and I'm along for the ride. So excited to uh, analyze, and let's get started here um, with our first contestant. Again, we are simply going in order of, you know, what uh, Dalton Ross's article has. Um, so we are going to and again. It's not in order of anything in particular, in order of, you know, we could at the end, we could pull up the tribe uh, divisions. Uh and yeah. we, could, we could, you know, go by go by that and talk about, you know, which tribe we think could dominate challenges early. Um, that being said, um, again, just going in order of the article here. So first up, we have uh, Jonathan Young. So let's just rearrange this so everybody could see it. Um, and then let's see. All righty. So Ryan, if you could just uh, scroll down there a tiny bit. Oh, you oh, you want to see the actual uh, bio down here as well? Uh, no, just, just scroll down a tad bit. Okay, perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. Um, yeah, and then again, right. like, like you and I said, we can just then flip back over to entertainment weekly for the other ones. All right, cool. Cool. All right. Perfect. So, um, yeah, yeah. We just, so entertainment weekly is having, if you obviously this is not applying to you, if you're, if you're listening to this on audio, but if you're watching the video here, we're sharing our screen and, uh, for whatever reason, entertainment weekly does not have a picture of Jonathan, but, uh, parade does so we're using parade here and then we'll move to uh, entertainment weekly 
But yeah, we have Jonathan here, 29 years old from Gulf Shore, uh, currently lives in Gulf Shores, Alabama, originally from Alabama. He is a beach service company worker, loves uh, favorite uh, favorite hobbies, loves to work out, spear fishing and sur- uh, surfing. Um, and I, I thought his pet peeves here were particularly interesting. He says that wearing shirts, no. uh, people bully others. And when people are disrespectful, um, the accomplishment he's most proud of, another interesting, weird thing. Like, you know, Survivor, you have all these weird stories and that's how these people get on. They have interesting stories. They're interesting characters. Jonathan broke the Guinness world record for most pull-ups with a hundred pounds on his back. Interesting. Um, he says he'll play the game most like Ozzy. Um, and why does he believe he'll be the sole survivor? He says his athleticism will help greatly in challenges. Uh, quote unquote, my wit and charm will help me outside challenges. I'm very strong willed and determined. I will not give up on anything. Um, and I also watched Jonathan's one second, uh, not one second video, one minute video where he talks about that his goal is to, so it's a little bit weird the way he, he, he gave his answers here. Cause he said that his goal is to play the game, not like a very physical player, but he also says he wants to play the game most like Ozzy. So I'm not exactly sure which direction he's going to end up going. Uh, obviously to me, Jonathan looks like somebody who is going to do very well in challenges will be a big asset to his team uh, in the team uh, immunity challenges. Um, and that could buy him a few weeks, but as soon as the merge hits or close to the merge hits, I think he could be in trouble. But yeah, Ryan, want to give uh, you time to uh, go through as well because I spoke for a while there. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised that he said his favorite, um, you know, player or the player he wants to play the most like is Ozzy, considering the fact that in his video he also said that he wants to break the record for most individual challenge wins. Um, now, Jonathan, it's only a 26 day season, so it's going to be a very, very quick road to do that. But yeah, I mean, listen, the record's five. If he can get more than five, he'll break the record of Ozzy, Brad Culpepper, Mike Holloway, etc. But yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited to see what Jonathan will bring to the table. I, I did also see what you were saying where he wanted to he wants to be obviously very physical, but he doesn't want to come off as very physical. So I'm curious how he will you know, kind of ride that line. Hopefully he can, you know, downplay his physicality as much as possible. Cause again, the saying goes that, you know, a leopard can't really, uh, you know, change their spots, but they could try to hide them as best as possible. Um, uh, he's on the orange tribe, the Taku tribe, and we'll get to this a bit later, but his favorite player or the player he wants to play most like is Ozzy and somebody else uh, does not like Ozzy. So I want to kind of touch upon that when we get to that person to see if these uh, Jonathan and that guy will uh, clash. But yeah, no, um, some very interesting things about Jonathan. I agree with your sentiment that because this is a uh, fast game and because the tribes are going to start in uh, tribes of three, uh, you want to win immunity because there's very few places to hide in a small group. So I feel like his tribe will want to keep him around to win challenges, but I could see him getting targeted at the merge. So let's see if Jonathan can downplay his threat level. Yeah, it's it's definitely not going to be easy. Uh, but he look, he said he's going to try to provide for everybody. But again, once everybody learns to provide, then that's you know, not exactly, you're, you're still painting a target on your back that way. So we'll see what happens um, again. You know, all these, all these, you know, big players, physical players, you know, they are providers, they try to be providers, but, you know, we're at the point in Survivor where, you know, other people are going to learn quickly um, and people will choose threat level as, we'll, we'll put threat level over like providing, I should say. Um, so I'm I have curious. One... Go ahead, Dylan. 
go no, no i'm just saying i'm curious to see how that plays out but i think i know how it's going to play out uh, in terms of just the fate that we've seen from others it'll be very difficult for jonathan to win this game in my opinion yeah. the one thing i was going to add about him just because um i also was trying to look for overarching themes across these players and obviously like i said at the start a lot of them have a lot of interesting stories about their upbringing about their family about tragedy and whatnot uh the one thing i wanted to mention about him is that his hero is lex luger and says that you know jonathan is a man of god and the reason i'm bringing that up is because um there are a few other people on this cast who are you know in touch with their religion and their spirituality so we always think about what do players bond over whether it's their their job their interests their you know their hometown what are they what do they bond and connect over because usually people who get into alliances find you know common ground to start with so i'll be curious to see if you know this is a common theme for jonathan and some of these other players where they they connect on their faith so right right um and yeah once again um just want to mention before we go on to the next player to type all your questions in the chat we'll get to them at the end also uh you can follow us on twitter instagram at soul survivor pod subscribe to our podcast apple spotify leave us a five-star rating and review we really really appreciate it um and yeah let's get to the next player just get, uh bear with us here as we're just gonna uh switch the screen share um all righty yeah here we go so you, you want me to stop sharing uh yes sure all right yeah no, we're good actually all right so yeah so jonathan they didn't give a picture for him in uh parade uh uh entertainment weekly i should say so we're gonna go to the next so yeah. i'm not all sure the, all the pictures should be here now we should be good yeah i'm not sure the uh the pronunciation is right here but the next contestant we have i believe myra is her name I Mid thought it was Maria, Maria but I, Maria, I thought, Maria, Maria, no, that, that sounds right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Maria, uh, Sharon, um, age 47 from originally from Lansing, Michigan now lives in Noblesville, Indiana. She's a stay at home mom. Um, she says her favorite hobbies are gardening, writing Pilates, um, three words to describe her spicy, smart, and loving, um, pet peeves. When somebody has a big old, uh sneeze and doesn't cover their nose oh my and mean people um so accomplishment again this is you know one second uh one minute video she goes on and on about you know how she's a mom um i think another interesting thing here about her is that she says that uh her brother uh died uh tragically of covid19 who was the first nurse um of, in new york to pass of covid19 um and that's her hero um, and another thing that she said was, you know, and this was again in her, uh, one minute video, she said that she is coming out here because she feels like something is missing inside her. She feels she's like, she's like kind of like yearning for, um, a new task, a new challenge. And that's pretty interesting and cool that she, you know, she got on. Um, also she says she's going to play the game most like a mix between Angelina and Tony, which is, well, I love know, it. Right? very interesting i think i i always i always like again I, I i usually don't like when players come on and be like all right i want to be like tony but she obviously mixes it with angelina which is pretty funny uh she says that like angelina she wants to slip under the radar and make it to the end and tony brought an upbeat funny and light energy um by the time they recognized he's a threat it was too late i think that's actually pretty interesting so she's not saying she wants to be tony because of all the great moves he made she wants to be tony because of his upbeat funny and light energy so maybe she you know is gonna have that emotional intelligence as she describes it as her best asset a reason she thinks she's gonna win a uh, survivor um maybe her emotional intelligence will carry her very far in this game yeah i mean the one thing that you 
that you can't understate, and then people sometimes don't understand is how important the EQ is, the, the emotional intelligence, because when you're able to not only connect with others, but you're able to feel their emotions as their own, you try to empathize with their thoughts and their feelings, like that is really what I think can, can carry the day and win it for you. I mean, I think deep down, we all would love for the best player to win every season, but we, we know human nature, people are going to vote first and foremost who they like. I mean, obviously, the best of both worlds is if you're a player who people like and you played a great game, you've got a slam dunk win. But if you play the, play the best game out there, but no one likes you, you're not going to win. So if Maria really has that emotional intelligence to her and she gets to the end, she could do very well and win. Um, you know, I had some mixed feelings about Maria. You know, obviously, I want to check all of my preconceived notions at the door. I think last season taught me to, you know, not judge books by their cover and to also... Um, Basically, any past thing that we've seen in Survivor, any trend can break at any time. Like, I, we said Tiffany could go far. Tiffany could be an early boot. And Tiffany not only made it to the merge, but she was um, very fun, very likable, and she had some good game sense about her. So who knows what Mario will bring to the table. Um, the thing about her, because she's also, Dylan, on the Orange Tribe Taku with Jonathan. To me, as we go through Taku, my biggest thing about this tribe is going to be well, A, I think they have a lot of strong people, so I think they could do well in challenges. But number two, I see her pairing up with Jackson, who we'll see a bit later. I just I see similarities between Jonathan and Lindsay, Jackson and Maria, and then Omar and Marianne. So I feel like somebody who's emotional, somebody who's very um, you know, empathetic, I could see her connecting with Jackson. So on that tribe, where if there are potential like two, two, two pairs. I'm curious, like, who will take control out of all those pairs? But, I mean, she is the oldest of her tribe. Um, I'm sorry, Jackson's the oldest, but they're the most similar in age. Everyone else is in their 30s or 20s. So I'm going to be curious to see how she does. I think she could go early. She could fall victim to, uh, you know, their tribe loses. They need to get rid of somebody. But, you know, hopefully if she has that EQ to her, hopefully she can navigate her tribe and see if she can, you know, make it up until the merge. Yeah, I think her fate in the game is going to be, and again, I don't want to say this based on stereotypes. She could be very good in, challenge, in, in challenges, but I'm just saying historically based on what we've seen, um, her fate in the game could be determined on whether or not they win challenges early as a tribe, um, simply because we've seen that you know they'll pick off the oldest members of the tribe who aren't usually aren't as good as, uh, at challenges um, you know, if they are losing challenges and need to win. Um, and again, we know that the merge, you know, there's not really any swaps likely, um, at least if it's the same as season 41, they're going to need to win these challenges. So I think that, you know, especially having Jonathan on the, on the team, on the trot, they will, I, be, have, yeah. I was going to say they'll be big on probably keeping the tribe strong. So it's going to depend. And again, she could be very good at challenges. I'm just saying historically based on what we've seen. So I don't want to like counter out or make it seem like I'm counting her out. I think that, you know, based on historically what we've seen, um, her uh, her tribe's performance and challenges will determine how far she goes. I think if she if that tribe is able to get through strong, then I think that she could do very well with uh, relationships and stuff like that in social games. The, the one thing I wanted to say about her really quickly before we move on is I like how she's taking a flexible approach to the game. Now I don't want her I don't want her to to be you know wishy washy where people can't trust her. But if you look at the parade article uh, when Mike Bloom asked her the question, "What do you desire in an alliance partner?" She gives a very voting blocks answer, Dylan. She says that she doesn't have any 
unrealistic thoughts about loyalty and trust. I kind of think there's like a 24 hour trust. What we agree on today, we may not agree on tomorrow and we'll just have like a candid understanding. And I'm not going to hate you if you change your mind because we're playing a game. So that to me has like that Cambodia sense of like voting blocks where just because we make an alliance doesn't mean we're going to stick with it. Like if a better option suits me for this vote, I'm going to vote with them, but I still like you. So I'll come back to you the next vote. So I think that flexible nature will be very important in a modern fast paced version of survivor. As long as you don't flip flop too much where nobody can trust you at that point. Yeah, that's a very good approach to have uh, going into Modern Survivor because you don't want, you know, all these people say that they're going to be so loyal and blah, blah, blah. Like those people will get their hearts broken when when uh, they when an alliance is broken. Like if she kind of knows going in that she's not going to like trust every, everyone completely that, you know, she's she doesn't like she's not going to care that much if she does get blindsided. Um, like, and so let's just say her alliance member gets voted out and she'll, you know, the next day will be a new day for her. Like, I think that's a good approach to have going in. So, um, yeah. again, I think it's her, the, the range of out, outcomes for, uh, Maria, it, um, uh, Maria is, uh, is wide, but we'll have to see what happens. All righty. The next, um, player we got here is Romeo. Um, Romeo is 37 years old, uh, from California. He is a pageant coach. Um, his favorite hobbies, watching Survivor, traveling, and beauty pageants. He says he is competitive, intuitive, and smart. Um, pet peeves, he's a bit impatient. Um, so he says slow people, laziness, and people who don't know how to read a room. Mm. That is that to me, that's a little bit concerning uh, for Survivor, but we'll go, we'll go on here. Um, he says he's very competitive. Um, he says he's like been counted out, uh, underestimated his entire life. And he loves proving people wrong. Um, so he says that he will not play the game like anyone, um, which again, I like when people say that because, you know, some people strive too high. Um, but uh, he do wants to achieve great uh, survivor historical moments like Sandra, Suri, Poverty, Rupert, and Rob. He wants to be remembered. Um, he says he knows he could be the sole survivor because he is like quote unquote likable enough and persuasive enough to convince people to vote for me. I always find a way to get what I want is what he says. Um, what are your thoughts on Romeo off the bat here, Ian? Yeah. So Romeo, I mean, listen, I mean the, the fastest way to, you know, raise my eyebrows or to catch my attention is if you're, you know, you're, you're a huge fan of the show. Cause I mean, listen, you and I are big fans of the show. We have our own podcast and we've seen, you know, all the seasons and we know our stuff. Um, so when Romeo says in his, uh, um, his interview that he's seen every single season, he's probably watched every season like three or four times. And I own the whole DVD series. I mean, Dylan, I don't even own the DVD series. So um, yeah, listen, I obviously love a super fan. So I'm uh, hoping that Romeo can do well. Um, you know, I see your, I see some of your trepidations when you pointed out that he has a pet peeve is when people don't know how to read the room, because obviously you want to be able to read the room, but having a pet peeve is that you might come off in a certain way. So I do see your point there. Um, and I also think with Romeo, you know, when the, when the question is asked, what do you think people will perceive you as? I think he accurately says, I think people are going to underestimate me because, you know, I'm one of the smaller people here. He's not, you know, going to look like a big threat. And, you know, I always say that those are the ones you need to worry about, the ones that you kind of just say, ah, they, they, I don't need to worry about them. So um, I think with Romeo, I think he could do very well. Like if you tell me he makes it to the final five, I would not be surprised. But one thing I want to mention and I think this is going to be a common theme as we go through these, um, as we go through these articles, is that I kind of have different notes that connect different players. My biggest question mark for Romeo, actually, Dylan, is going to be Zach, 
because Zach and Romeo both fit that same archetype as a super fan of the show. And my question is going to be, are they going to be able to coexist? Are they both going to be, are they going to say, look, you're a super fan. I'm a super fan. Let's work together and, you know, dismantle this whole tribe, like Ricard and Chan style. Or are they going to see each other and go, okay, I can't have him here because he's going to be a huge threat to my game later on. He has to go. So again, I'm going to be really curious to see what's going to happen where you could tell me Romeo and Zach pair up and I wouldn't be surprised. You could tell me Romeo and Zach target each other at, at the first vote and I wouldn't be surprised. So I think Romeo, his biggest thing is if he can navigate the first few votes, either with or without Zach, I think he could go very far. Yeah, I think there is potential here. Um, again, I'm just, uh, I want to, I, I want to, I also think there's concerns because he, so here's the things that concern me. I already mentioned that his pet peeves, he says he's impatient survivor. You have to be patient. Like you have to, you know, you, sometimes you have to sit back. Sometimes you have to ignore things that happen. Sometimes you have to, you know, wait a few votes before making a big move. We've seen several players overplay early because they just simply want to play. He also says down here that, he wants to achieve great historical moments. And I think a lot of people want that, but for him to be the combination of quote unquote impatient and want to make a big move, that could be a little bit scary, um, especially in a game like this where him trying to plot a big move could backfire on him. So I think that's potential concern. But like you said, if he is underestimated and does and it and does end up being patient, um, then I think he has potential. All right. Yeah. And- and, and, and the thing is, like, I can't even blame him because keep in mind, 41 and 42 films back to back. So he, like the whole 41 cast, you know, had to kind of wait to play this game because of COVID. And then they were in a, uh, you know, in a bubble to get to get to go out there. So all these players have been itching to play since they were cast. So I can't blame him for being impatient because I would be impatient too to play. You have to just, like you said, Dylan, you have to be patient in this game at certain points. So if you can keep that in check and make moves at the right time, that's the ticket to victory. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. All right, so we are going to go to next here, and we have Tori, uh, 25 years old, uh, Oklahoma, now lives in Rogers, Arkansas. She is a therapist, which I know we've had therapists play this game. We've had uh, uh, Denise, who is a therapist. She she won the game. Um, So immediately when I see therapist as occupation, that is a light bulb that goes out in my head. I say, okay. She's going to be very good with the social game. Um, favorite hobbies, CrossFit, playing board games or card games, spending time with the family. So if CrossFit is her hobby, I would assume she's decently athletic. Um, she says she's quirky, warm, and self-aware. Again, self-awareness is one of the biggest, uh, most important traits uh, of a survivor player. Um, her pet peeve is when people lack self-awareness um, or emotionally reactive, immature, or petty, which is interestingly similar to... Uh, I believe Romeo's pet peeves. Um, she says that, okay, so I, this is something that I thought was interesting. Um, she says, so what is something we would never know from looking at you? And this is something she spoke about in her uh, one minute video. Also, she says she gets this all the time, quote unquote, when I, when I, when I met you, I thought you were going to be a mean girl, but now that I know you, that's not the case. People tend to stereotype me. So they're surprised um, when they realize I have depth, I'm intelligent and I do, I do a lot of super nerdy things. Um, she says she wants to play the game 100% like Kim Spraglin, uh, Spradlin, not only because she was a beast in challenges, but her social game was so strong. She developed genuine relationships with other players, and almost uh, everyone considered her a trustworthy ally, even if she didn't feel the same way about them. Um, again, Kim is obviously a common answer. 
Um, so now she gives a long answer to why she could be the sole survivor. She says, quote unquote, she's the total package, um, strong social player because of her background in counseling and psychology. Um, so she understands human behavior. Um, she cares about people genuinely on a deep personal level. Um, she says she's an animal when it comes to anything physical because of her strength, grit, and determination. She said she studies the game, um, comes off as a sweet, trustworthy person, but people have no idea what she's capable of. Uh, she knows how to balance being a huge threat while also drawing people in and making them want to work with her. So, okay, a lot to, a lot to dive into here because she gave a lot of really in-depth answers. Um, again, I've already spoke for a while reading out all that, so I want to get your immediate thoughts. Yeah, I, I do. I really like Tori. I was drawn to her right away. Um, I mean, like you said, right off the bat, being a therapist, being able to connect with somebody on an emotional level and to get them to trust you, you know, is really important, especially because first impressions are formed within fractions of a second. Um, I mean, this article right here, like if you were to read it, you would get a, a sense that she's somebody who's she's intelligent. She's athletic. She's going to be prepared for the game. If you were to read her parade article, she has taken preparation to a whole nother level. And if people want to know what I mean by that, um, sh the things that she's doing at Ponderosa, Dylan, I don't know if you saw this. She uh, I, I didn't actually, so I'm excited to hear. Okay, Dylan, I don't think I've ever seen preparation like this. And again, it makes me think if I ever play the game, like I want to prepare like this, but maybe not to this extent because because I want to get into like, I don't want to get into like over preparation. She has cited that there are studies that show that certain colors that you wear you know, invoke certain reactions from people. It's kind of like why McDonald's is red and gold, because when you see red and gold, you tend to get hungry. So that, it's kind of like why that's there for marketing. But at Ponderosa, she's deliberately wearing blue because there are studies that show that that people who wear blue are sometimes perceived as more trustworthy. She also knows that she might be perceived, like you said, Dylan, in her article there, where people say, oh, I thought you were going to be a mean girl or I thought you were going to be, you know, intimidating. She at Ponderosa is wearing her hair back in a ponytail. She's wearing some glasses. She's wearing a baggy sweatshirt. So she is completely trying to get people to think of her in a certain way right off the bat, which I think is extremely impressive. And I think Tori, if she plays her cards right, she can go very far in this game. That's a lot of preparation. That's also my one problem with her. My one problem is I think historically the people who over-prepare the most tend to not do the best because they sometimes overthink or they overcalculate and then they don't, they just don't go with, you know, the simplest solution. So I think a lot of things are being checked off for Tori. I really like her. I just hope that the over preparation doesn't, you know, hurt her. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm huge on Tori. I, that actually, that is incredible. What you just said. I right, honestly yeah. didn't know that. Um, but what I'll just say, speak to what I've read and what I've seen, and then I'll talk about the point, uh, what, what the other article that you brought up. She, in her one minute video, was discussing how she, or, or I'm not sure if this was in the, or, in the article that, uh, in, in maybe another article I read or, uh, or in the one minute video, she said she's not going to tell anyone she's a therapist. Yeah. She said she's going to tell people she's a caregiver, um, which is, again, this is just like so interesting. And I want to bring up something here quickly. And again, I, I don't love when people compare themselves to like an all time great. Obviously, like you don't want them to compare themselves to somebody who's bad. It's just like that. It's a big hill. It's a big mountain to climb when you're comparing yourself to Boston Rob or Tony. However, if you remember, if you saw any of the post game press of Winners at War, Tony basically was doing exactly what Tori was doing the entire game, and Tony had the emotional intelligence training from being a cop. 
similarly that she has a lot of training like that from being a therapist. Tony said he purposely wore his uh, buff in like a, like a, like kind of like a grandma um, said people would underestimate him. He said he would purposely lose games that they would play. He said that he stood on lower ground. So people um, saw him as less of a threat. Tony like did all this stuff to lower his threat level and to control people's impression of him. And that is something that I looks like Tori is doing. So I think the people who overplay normally and over repair are the people who think that they're going to go in with a certain strategy um, in terms of like strategical moves and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, that, that is where I think people fail for her. I'm getting the impression that she's going in trying to control an impression more than anything instead of actual strategy. I mean, obviously this is a strategy, but like, if you get what I mean, like she's not going in saying, I'm going to uh, win these challenges of uh, uh, vote these people out. She's saying, I'm going to control my, uh, I'm going to control what I could control. And that's my first impression. I am extremely high on her um, because of that. I think again, that's such an important thing. Um, and the fact that it looks like she's going to be able to hold her own in challenges as well. Um, it doesn't seem like she'll stand out as a weak link or anything like that. Um, so I think that, you know, she knows that like people could see her potentially uh, on first impression as somebody who's quote unquote, a mean girl. So she's literally doing everything in her power to make sure that she gets rid of that first impression. So again, I'm very, very high on her. Um, again, like you said, I'm worried. Um, my only worry with her would be that she's like, too prepared in the sense that like it could come off as threatening if people see that like if people could see through it yeah i mean i would need to go back into like my mental rolodex and think what are some other people who over prepared like i like didn't voce like you know like read up on a lot of stuff or did like i think voce did a lot of stuff i think some other people that went early did a lot of preparation so i'm not saying that all over preparers you know flame out early i'm not saying that she could go very far i just know that there have been people who have like written articles or they've written papers or studies or they, 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 they train like however many hours and then it doesn't mean anything. So again, I think we are both very high on Tori. It just comes down to was the over preparation worth it or was it a bit too much, but it sounds like she's already playing the game at Ponderosa to start. So, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how, how she comes off when she's actually having to make strategic decisions. Is she going to come off as somebody who looks like they're playing really hard or is she going to come back or is she going to come off as somebody who looks like that she's just going to go with the flow at first and like could be a trustworthy person? Because if she comes off like being a trustworthy person and not as somebody who's strategically playing really hard, then that's obviously where she wants to be. However, if people are going to see through it and it's going to look like she's you know doing a lot of alliance stuff and strategy stuff early, then she's immediately going to be painted as a big threat. So I, yeah. again... Um, I think there's tremendous potential here with Tori and I'm just intrigued with her as a, like a character and how smart she could possibly be. So, yep. um, all right, we'll move on here to our next contestant who is Jackson Fox, age 48, uh, originally from Pasadena, Texas, and now lives in Houston. He is a healthcare worker. Um, his, his, uh, hobbies are puzzling, uh, weightlifting and dog walking. I guess that is good for whoever, uh, is on his tribe that he could do puzzles. Um, he says he's kind, dedicated, assertive. Um, pet peeve is people who are unorganized, have no schedules, or people who don't get to the point. I don't think he'll have a problem with that. Uh, at least I don't think. Um, he says he started and ran his, and and, uh, ha and runs his own company. So um, that's very impressive. 
Um, he is transgender. He says people will never know. He used to be a girl. He's covered in tattoos. He's a big softy when it comes to animals. Um, I'm a collector of hurt or abandoned animals. So clearly, uh, this seems like somebody who's going to rely a lot on, on, you know, social game based on what he's saying. Um, you know, he's, he's soft. Uh, if he's saying he's a softy, I feel like, He's, you know, saying that, you know, people are going to want to go to him for when they have, you know, when they're, you know, feeling down or when they need somebody that uh, could empathize with them or they're going through something out there on the island. So I think that could work in his favor for sure. Um, he says he compares himself most to Elaine. Again, I like I love when players uh, go very out of the box with a comparison. Um, he so he says he's like Elaine because, you know, biscuit all the way. She was hardworking, confident, resilient and played a hell of a mind game. Uh, you couldn't not like her, and that is true. Uh, we had Elaine on this podcast back uh, in season 40, and she was great. So we love Elaine as well, so that's great to hear. Um, she belie- uh, He believes that he will uh, win uh, Survivor um, because uh, it will be mentally, physically, emotionally, and socially the hardest thing um, he'll ever do. And it will break him down, challenge every aspect of his being, um, but I know that I am a survivor in life, uh, and this will just be another aspect that I will crush. Um, so I don't, I don't have a tremendous amount of thoughts immediately here. Um, with Jackson, I think that he could potentially be a challenge, very good at challenges based on, he says that his two of his hobbies are puzzling and weightlifting two things that will definitely help him in challenges. Um, I also think that him, you know, describing himself as quote unquote, a softy, could be good in terms of, like I said, you know, developing relationships with other people. So I am curious to see, I think, again, I think there's a big uh, range of outcomes almost for Jackson. I could see him doing very well in this game if, you know, all these things kind of click into one. Yeah. So Jackson, um, and this is kind of what I referenced earlier where, you know, Jackson says his hobbies, you know, include puzzling and weightlifting. I mean, between him, Jonathan, uh, Lindsay seems to be in great shape. Uh, you have Omar. I think the Taku tribe, the orange tribe that Jackson's on, I think they'll do very well in the challenges off the bat. Like they, they might be our Luvu of the season, but we'll have to see. Um, and you you kept bringing up the softy part, which is why I said earlier in the, the Maria portion, I just think in terms of, you know, being, you know, softies or just, you know, caring about people, I see him and Maria connecting. I could be wrong about that, but that's just my first inclination. And yeah, no, I'm really excited to see Jackson get a shot at this game. Um, Like it says in the article that he is transgender. So I think uh, he is the first transgender that, you know, has, you know, publicly said that at the start of the game, obviously the whole incident with, you know, Zeke and Varner happened in Game Changers. So that was, you know, revealed, but no, I'm really happy that Jackson is getting this opportunity. I'm excited to see him play. The only other comment that I had other than some of my thoughts about him and his tribe is um, the Elaine comment, because I agree with you. I mean, I like to see people's comparisons, but it's best when it's a very apt comparison, not like you're shooting for the moon. Like, like I, I'm not going to say I'm like Boston Rob. I love Boston Rob, but I know I'm not like him. Um, I know exactly who I would say I'm like, but um, like him saying he's Elaine, I could see it. And if I could see it, I think that you have a good awareness of yourself. So that self-awareness is very critical and he says in his Parade article that the one thing that he thinks people might dislike about him is that he's likable. And Elaine was targeted right away for being likable. So hopefully the theme here is can he manage his threat level to get make it far? Yeah, I'm excited to see Jackson play this game. I think uh, uh, there's a lot of potential here, um, especially like you said, to have the uh, awareness, self-awareness to compare yourself to Elaine. And, I, I, and like if he's going to be 
very likable, then um, again, that's something that could, that could carry you very far in the game. Um, all righty. We are going to move on to our next contestant, and that is uh, Chanel. Am I pronouncing that right? I just want to. I think I think that. so. Yes. Okay. Um, we'll see. All right. The picture is loaded. So she's originally from Hamden, Connecticut. She currently lives in New York. She is an executive recruiter. Um, ex- uh, her favorite hobbies are exploring new countries, um, trying new cuisines, and blogging about them. She says she's cunning, competitive, and cultures. Um, her pet peeve is slow walkers. It's the New Yorker in me. Um, that is also a pet peeve of mine. So as a New Yorker myself, uh, I could mm-hmm. I could relate to that. Um, she says uh, the accomplishment she's most proud of is utilizing her recruiting skills to create a mentorship program to help uh, young women get into professional spaces. Um, she's good at crunching numbers in her head. Um, she said she wants to play like Kim because she played a perfect game. So trying to keep the same, that same energy. Um, why does she believe she could win? She said she's uh, a student of the game. Um, I've quote unquote, I've watched all seasons. I've studied the greats. I've learned the nuances. I am a subject matter expert in survivor aside, have, aside from having to win, uh, having the quote unquote tool belt to win. My motivations will push me through the cold nights and the hungry days. I want to show black and brown girls that this game was made for us too. So, Chanel, what are your th- what are your uh, first impressions, uh, Ryan? I really like Chanel. Um, you know, she's somebody who not only did I read all the articles, but she's one of the people that I saw their um, their one minute video early on. I, I got a really good feeling from her. Uh, Twenty nine. Um, as a side note, and we'll talk about this with some other people as well. I, I do think age is a factor here. I hate to say it. I want people to vote for the best player, but I think like we saw with Xander last season, if you are on the younger side and you come off as either insincere or you just, you just can't relate to people that are around the average age of the cast, then you might be at a disadvantage. So I think Chanel being 29 is a perfect age for her. Um, I know some other people in this cast are a bit younger that, that we'll get to later, but um I love, I mean, executive recruiter. I think that's a great occupation for survivor. Maybe that's my HR bias coming in here, but I know what skill set it takes to be a recruiter and how you connect and how you engage with people, uh, especially when you're trying to uh, find the right applicants for your companies. So I think it's a really good role to have. She even says in her video interview that, you know, she is really good at negotiation and people always make the mistake of negotiating against themselves. So if people negotiate against themselves, she wants, like you said, Dylan, then them to come to her. She wants, uh, them to kind of tell her, oh, you know, tell me why, you know, we, we would work well together or that we should go far in the game. I think she is aware of herself. She's obviously very bright and intelligent. And the other thing I would say about Chanel is that um, in the parade article, it says, you know, what's one of the best pieces of advice you received before coming out to play? You said earlier, you didn't like how Romeo uh, said he's impatient. impatient. Chanel says, uh, best piece of advice I got, be patient. <laughs> you know, people want to drive, people want to, you know, take control. They want to go. And sometimes you have to just, you know, sit back, listen, take notes. Um, you know, I think the only problem with that is that in a 26-day game, it's going to be at a very fast pace. So you can't be too idle. You can't be too passive. But I have a good I have a good feeling that Chanel will figure it out, and I could see her going far. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like Chanel a lot. Um, I think her being a recruiter is a great, like you said, great uh, occupation to have because she's always talking with different, you know, number of people um you know different types of people all the time um so i think that's really helpful i think she's very competitive like but i'm a little if i were to be worried about one thing with her um is that she's coming off as very competitive in the uh in the interview in the interviews 
um, she, I believe she said something in the one minute video, like, um, like she was, or it was either, it was one of the videos I saw. I'm not sure if it was directly her one minute video, or it was like another video from somebody else where she said that she was like, she was made for this game. Um, she, uh, she made a list of things that she needs to, that she could accomplish in life and like winning survivors, one of them. And she's never, um, she's always accomplished everything on that list and nothing has ever stopped her. Um, so again, I, my one piece of advice for her going in would be obviously to control her threat level. Cause I think she's going to be a big threat. Um, if she comes off as very competitive immediately, but if she can control that threat level and is, you know, internally competitive, then I think that, uh, she could do very well in this game. Yep. I'm excited. All righty. Next player. We have Omar. Uh, Omar is 31. Uh, he's from originally uh, Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, and is and lives now in Whit, uh, Whitby, Ontario, Canada. So we have a Canadian, our first Canadian player here. Um, he is a veterinarian. Um, favorite hobbies: training animals, settlers of Catan, and watching TV. He is silly, empathetic, and shameless. Um, so he has a lot of uh, pet peeves, uh, people who complain about the cost of vet care, rudeness, feeding seeds to parrots, Jim Grunters, Joey from friends. The fact that mini wheats have gelatin and when people talk bad about pigeons and institutional racism. So a whole list of uh, pet, uh, pet peeves um, for, for Omar. Um, he says, um, you know, this is uh, he, his story also is very, very interesting. Um, you know, he does, he's a veterinarian, but he works with like exotic animals. So yeah, like, uh, crazy. Like, he, he's told a story about he's working with a rhino, how he works with small birds. So I think that's, you know, kind of crazy. Like not a lot of people have that. Um, he says that he had very little money as a kid. Um, so he had really, you know, really tough times, um, levels of instability. Um, um, and he said, I believe he said that, uh, his, he said his, um, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here and I'm sorry if I'm wrong. He, I believe he said in one of the videos that his father passed away. Is that, is that correct? I um, believe so. That's correct. Yeah. So he's, he's had a lot of, uh, obstacles to go through in his life. Um, and he gives an interesting answer actually, when he says, uh, who is the survivor who'll play most like he says, Rob Sesternino's strategic prowess. Um, he says, Suri feels that she's going to sit, wait and strike. Tyson, his sass and strategic game. Kim Spradlin, her social skills. Um, Natalie Anderson for her laser focus. He says he believes he could be the sole survivor. Gives a pretty long answer about um, saying how, um, quote unquote, they must adapt or they'll be voted out of the game. He basically talks about, you know, Darwin theory of evolution, um, how he has to adapt to every scenario. He could adapt to that. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I'm very intrigued by Omar. Um not only does he have a crazy great story, um, he is somebody that I think is going to be great TV, very funny. Based on just his pet peeves alone, I could see him being a great confessional. So I'm excited for Omar. Um, I'm not sure if I necessarily see him going all the way to the end, but I think he's going to be great TV. And I think that he could also pull off some great strategic moves. Yeah, so Omar, yeah, like you said, veterinarian. No, he's an ex exotic uh, veterinarian. So again, I always love seeing uh, people's occupations, especially one that we haven't really seen before. So that's pretty cool to me. Um, yeah, I, I like Omar. I think Omar has some great energy around him. Um, you know, I think that I said this last season about some players, and we'll get to some of them here. But when you watch a video and someone like captures you right away with their energy, that's a good sign. Like I think Deshaun, even though Deshaun 
later in the game, some people kind of perceived him as, you know, having some, you know, emotional outbursts or some tantrums. I think people still liked him. Um, if you come off as likable right away, I think that's a good sign. So Omar definitely caught my eye there. Um, I I can't, I don't know if it was in this parade article or the EW article or on his one minute video. I don't think he was a fan of Ozzy, which is why I referenced earlier when Jonathan said that he likes Ozzy. I don't think Omar likes Ozzy. So that's going to be interesting. I, I could see Omar and Jonathan clashing, but Hey, listen, I said preseason, I don't see Xander and Evie working together and Xander and Evie were close up until Evie's vote out. So who knows? Stranger things have happened. Omar and Jonathan could pair up. Although I think from one of the promos, I, I think I see Omar pairing up with Marianne, who we'll get to in a little bit. But no, Omar, I think, could do well in this game. Um, I don't have a, a gut feeling yet, like, oh, he'll go early. Oh, he'll go to the to the end. I mean, I, I think he will make the merge. Like, that's my prediction about him. But I do think he has good opinions on what he desires in an alliance partner, um and listen when he says what advice did i get before coming out to play like don't be annoying i mean i think early on in a game like this when there are small tribes people will look for any reason to get rid of you so um hey listen i think omar as long as he has a good head on his shoulder seems pretty intelligent i think he could do well yeah for sure all right next player we got uh, uh swati i believe is am i pronouncing that correctly i want to double check i think it is swati okay cool 19 years old. Awesome to see um, from Palo Alto, California. Um, that's her current residence as well. She's an Ivy League student. I believe she goes to Harvard. Um, yeah. Reading on the beach. She likes theater, all things Survivor. So we have another super fan here. Um, she says she's a competent, charismatic, and caring. Um, she said her pet peeves are people who have big dreams but don't work hard. People who are emotionally manipulative or people who try to control me or tell me how to live my life. Uh, for survivor again we could get into that that's somewhat concerning but uh i do like i do like swati's story she um again a harvard student and she enlisted in the army national guard um so that is very very impressive obviously 19 years old only um mm -hmm. she's a karate uh she says uh she oh, oh she's she's joking here so something she would never we would never know from looking at her she jokes and says i'm a karate black belt just kidding uh it's it's jujitsu ju ju just kidding probably just kidding <laughs> Yeah, I'm very open and honest. Uh, I don't want my insecurities to feed into other people's. Um, she says she wants to be a cross between. And now again, love the weird answers on these. She deep says, she "Love the deep wants, she, goes, she goes, yeah, she goes deep here. She says she wants to be a cross between uh, Victoria from Edge of Extinction and Chaos Cass. Um, Victoria's blindside of Aubrey is one of the most underappreciated moves ever, in my opinion. But she needs to take more control of her game, like Cass." that is a great answer. Like that is a really smart answer. Um, very impressed by that. Um, she says she could be the sole survivor because she's grown up in the most competitive environment in America. I mean, considering the fact that she is a Harvard student and also in the army national guard. Yeah. I could think I could agree with that. Um, recommendation letters, uh, winning elections and high attendance for all her events. Her entire life has been highly successful in the exercise of persuasion. It sounds awful, but to some extent I live every day the way Tony plays. So, Ryan, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I definitely have some thoughts as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think Swati is very, very interesting in terms of, like you said, she's 19. And like I said earlier, I think that when you are, you know, if you are on either end of the age spectrum in terms of the youngest or the oldest, you know, you have to kind of go play the game of the, you know, the majority in a way. And I think that I don't want her to, I don't want her to stand out that much. I mean, 
I'm very impressed that at 19, she goes to Harvard. She's super intelligent. She has a lot of experience, like you just said, with the, the military. So at 19, she's had a very interesting, deep, fulfilling life so far. And I think she is very intelligent. Do I think she has, you know, potential and chops for the game? I do. The biggest red flag I have about Swati, uh, other than, you know, her age, is in her article. I can't remember if it's Parade.com. I think it's Parade uh, with Mike Bloom. But I'm pretty sure the question is asked, what do you think people will perceive you as? And I think she says one of the worst answers that I – is like one of my pet peeves is that when she says, I don't know what they'll perceive me as, which I think is a red flag. Like this is the opposite of Tori. Tori told you they're going to perceive me as the mean girl, as the pretty girl, as the uh, – the, uh, uh, um, arrogant one or the uh, overbearing one and i'm going to kind of dial that back swati by saying i don't know what they'll perceive me as if you don't have that awareness i do worry about that in a little bit just because you then you really can't pivot or if you if you don't know what people are going to think about you when you leave a conversation you know what does that say you know how are you going to have awareness in the game so again i hope she can do well um i i worry because she's on the tribe uh, the, she's on the Ica tribe, the or Ica, the blue tribe, with Roxroy, Drea, Zach, Tori, Romeo, and herself. I do think this is quick th- thoughts. I think this is the weakest of our three tribes. So if this tribe does lose and they go to tribal council, she could go early. I hope that's not the case for her. But uh, what are your? You said you had some thoughts as well, Dylan. Yeah, uh, I think she has an uphill battle to climb. The fact that she's nineteen. Um, like we saw Xander, they kind of counted him out the entire time, even though he played a great game and it hurt him at the end. Um, also like he, Xander didn't have the best self-awareness. And that's something that I think that young people could tend to struggle with in this game. And like you said, she doesn't know how people will perceive her. So I'm not sure her self-awareness will be that great. Um, that being said, she should be pretty solid in challenges, given the fact that she enlisted for army national guard, had to go through that training, um, in terms of like, you know, obviously very smart. Um, goes to Harvard. So um, I think, you know, again, I think there's a big range of outcomes here, but I think that uh, I'm excited to see how this goes um, for Swati. Yeah. All right. Next player we have uh, High. High is his hometown is Atlanta, and he's also from Vietnam originally. Yeah. Um, his current residence is New Orleans. Um, he's a data scientist, obviously uh, very smart. Um, favorite hobbies, traveling to new cities. Um, bring his dogs to the dog park and recreating favorite dishes from scratch using recipes he finds online. His three words to describe him as uh, aggressive, astute, and audacious. Alliteration. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, he hates judgmental people looking down on somebody because their lifestyle or choices. They're not the same as you. Um, he hates patronizing um, people who talk down to others. And he hates when people wear shoes in his house. Um He's most proud of uh, going, being the first person in his family to go to college and graduate. He bought his first home at 24. Um, and he says he's the youngest associate director of analytics at his company by age 27. Um, he's also mentoring his younger brother um, to make sure he, he surpasses him everywhere. Um, he says that people would never know that he grew up in extreme poverty um, by looking at him. Um, but, you know, because his family lives comfortable lives now. Um he said that, um, you know, when he was young, he, his family had to share um, a one-bedroom apartment with another family. Um, he's learned to be resilient from a young age. Um, he says also that his mother came here with as a 23-year-old refugee, refugee with him and his father, no grasp of the English language, $40 in her pockets, um, 
which is wow, what a great story. Um, she says, uh, he, he, uh, hi, he says that, um, he wants to play, um, like poverty, um, uh, but not because, uh, that, uh, no, okay, hold on. Let me, let me read the direct quote. Yeah, he, said, yeah, I, I wanna, he says, I want to say, po- uh, poverty, but I'm not that hot nor charming. I will realistically be similar to Aubrey. She was a strategic mastermind. She understood social rankings and was able to uh, strategize across very nuanced alliances. She's also non-threatening, similar to myself. So I'll focus on keeping bigger and physical, uh, bigger physical and social threats around me as a shield. Uh, she was not afraid to cross alliance lines and work with other people who could further her game. Don't rule anyone out. Uh, he says he can win Survivor because he's well-rounded. Um, great logical sense, strong ability to read social situations, amazing speaking abilities, and strong desire to better his family's lives. There's no alternative besides coming home with a $1 million check. Uh, I'm a huge fan of High. I'm just going to say right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of hold him in the same regard as uh, Tori, for example. I think there's huge potential for High in the game. Um, I think that generally people who are very self-aware um, – that again is the number one thing I look for. Basically, he clearly is very socially aware, and the fact that he says, uh, "I want to be like Poverty, but I'll probably be more like Aubrey." So, uh, yeah. look, I, I think immediately having like an answer like that is is impressive. Just like to kind of just you know 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 the way you are. Um, also, he, I think the fact that he's overcome so much in his life and he had to like live in a one bedroom apartment with another family, like that's an uncomfortable situation. I don't think he'll have any issues out there on the island in terms of like being uncomfortable um so again i'm very big on high uh i've been impressed with his answers and i think he's going to be someone that gets along with a lot of players yeah i agree i think he has a lot of potential um i again i think being a data scientist is a really cool occupation and one that i think can benefit you in terms of kind of looking at the information in front of you and kind of calculating some of the moves that you have to make based like basically where are the chess pieces on the board and then in terms of data what are the different permutations of this move i think that high has high potential so i think a lot of jokes <laughs> to go along with there but um no i think a lot of people are liking high as well uh some people in the chat like high you and i, I think he could do very well here um you know I, I go back to his parade article where you know he you know, he says, you know, I hope they perceive me as a good person as, and someone who's empathetic. But, uh, you know, he's not afraid to, you know, lie, deceit, backstab, make moves. So, he, and listen, I love when they talk to us because he says, Dylan, uh, you know what? It's like, listen, I hope people understand that the decisions I make have to be made from a game perspective. Because guess what? I will take out your favorite players because I have to win the game. So if we're all over here loving I don't know what like, we're loving Tori. We're loving uh, Chanel, Chanel. We're loving um, whoever we're loving. Um, if he takes out our favorites, we can't get mad at him for it because he's playing the game. But I think he uh, has a good head on his shoulders. I think he could go very far. Yeah. I'm a big fan of high. Um, all righty here. Next player. I want to try to speed this up slightly. Cause yeah. I don't want the, I don't want to run the podcast that long. Um, yeah, uh, but we have Lindsay here, originally from Morganville, New Jersey, still lives in New Jersey today, Asbury Park, um, dietitian, um, favorite hobbies, co-ed flag football, um, interior decorating for holidays, high, uh, any high intensity or high adrenaline activity, um, snowboarding, paintballing, skydiving, wake surfing. Um, she described herself as loud um, and talkative. So interesting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, she hates wasted time. Um Anything that eats away time drives her nuts. Um, she says that she's, um, let's see here. 
she, uh, she played tackle football growing up. Um, it was difficult being on a team where nobody wanted me to be there, including the coaches. Um, her teammates would hit her harder because she was a girl. Um, she says that she compares herself most to Lauren Beck again. Anytime, you know, we have a out of the box uh, comparison, that means that they're likely a super fan. So that is interesting to hear uh, because she's very self-aware. Um, he, uh, she feels like Lauren did a great job of assessing everyone else's strengths and weaknesses, um, which helps her have a very good handle on the social game. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how physically good you are at things. Um, the social game dictates if you get voted out. Um, and she says she could, and she says she could be the sole survivor. She gives a kind of long answer here. Um, she says that people are stupid. She says uh, she could outwit everyone um, because she's familiar with dealing with different types of people being a dietitian. Um, and she could read people very well. She could persuade others. She says um, she is an animal, but I believe she's the second person that said that. Yeah. Um, she, she can outlast, she can outlast everyone because she has the grit. Um, she's not going to quit. Um, so, yeah, uh, my origin, my thoughts on Lindsay is I think that I'm slightly concerned by her describing herself as loud and talkative. Obviously, you don't want to be the annoying person. And I believe uh, uh, Omar said, you know, you can't be the annoying person. That's the number one key. But at the same time, she also said some good things, in my opinion, Lindsay, because one, um, she says, I think she has a the fact that she says that she is like a very active and she does all these sports and activities, but at the same time, she understands that the social game wins at the end and not the physical game. So that's, I think, somewhat a big self-awareness type thing to admit, especially with uh, somebody like her. So honestly, I have no idea where this is going to go. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I go back and forth on Lindsay. And also, Dylan, you are right that we... Um... We should preface that we will have other podcasts before the season starts and we don't want to hold everybody up here for too, too long. So we'll go through the last half of the cast pretty quickly, but obviously we, we want to go deeper, maybe another podcast, but really quickly with Lin, uh, Lindsay, I go back and forth. Um, obviously her being very physical playing, you know, football, she will clearly help her tribe in the, um, in the tribal part of the game in the first half with herself, Jonathan, I think their tribe will do very well. I could see her linking up with Jonathan in terms of them being athletic people that want to make an alliance together. Um, the question again is which pair might reign supreme at that tribe. My problem with Lindsay, like you said, uh, she describes herself as loud and talkative. And if she rubs people the wrong way, she could be a first boot. I think there was a quick story with her interview with Mike Bloom, where she was at a party. She um, kind of, uh, she kind of said some stuff and then um, her I friend did to her. Okay. Uh, well, no, she, uh, she said some, said some stuff. Her friend left the room and said, don't say anything until I get back. And then she said something else when her friend left. So she has that talkative nature about her. So let's hope she can keep it in check on the island. Look, she could be very talkative and be first boot, or she could be uh, very talkative and be Nora and go all the way to the end. So we're going to have to find out here. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see with Lindsay. So next player, we have Mike Turner from uh, originally from Hoboken, still lives in Hoboken, retired firefighter. Um, loves working out sports and watching great movies. I believe he's the oldest person in the cast at 58, unless I'm wrong there. Um, describes himself as loyal, loud, and fair. Um, he says his pet peeves are people ripping open cereal boxes and leaving them open, people who are late. <laughs> um, he says one thing we would never know about him is that he's sensitive, he cares, his feelings get hurt. He said he thinks he's smart. Um, but uh, he says his heart hurts for others less fortunate. He loves learning. He's a straight arrow. Um, again, that's, uh, that is a attribute that I'm not sure you would expect based on looking at him. So I think that's a good answer. Um, he says that he would love to play like boss and Rob. 
he doesn't think it'll work out that way, but he really believes that he has all the great attributes from all the great players. Um, so again, this guy doesn't seem like somebody who's necessarily a super fan, but who knows? He thinks he could be the sole survivor because he possesses all the attributes needed. Um, he'll be beast in challenges, a workaround camp, and he'll make people think he's not a threat until, uh, it's too late. Um, he said that people like him, even Jeff, he has a gift of gab. What are your thoughts, uh, Ryan? Uh, he obviously gave a lot of short answers here, so I, we don't have a lot yet. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike is uh, short and to the point. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like Mike. Uh, I watched his video. I, I think he's pretty easy to connect with. I definitely see when he says, you know, you perceive him as tough. He's a retired firefighter, um, but he has a really soft, sensitive side. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I do worry. I do worry that, you know, he is the oldest guy out here. He's 58. Um uh, the next oldest on his tribe is Jenny, and she's only 42 or 43, so he does stand out. That being said, if he is very physical, which he clearly looks like he's in good shape, he could help his tribe in the challenges, so they may keep him around for strength. I just hope he doesn't end up you know, going early because I could see him going out that way. But yeah, no, I think Mike, as long as he um, you know, does well in the challenges, he doesn't stand out too much due to age, and he realizes you know, I can't expect these younger people to play my game. I have to go play their game. If he understands that... I think he has potential and he could do well. But again, like someone saying in the chat, if he ends up being an early boot, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, I, I don't I don't necessarily think Mike has a path to win. I think he has a path for being a very good character on this season, uh, given the fact oh. that he claims. Okay. Sorry, and then the last thing I would say is that um, in his uh, words to describe you, he, sa- he says loyal, which I normally don't like. But last season, Dylan, Danny said that he likes loyalty and Danny not only was a great player, but he surprised us. So I'm not going to uh, poo-poo the people anymore who say they love, uh, they need to be loyal because these people could also be great game players as well. Yeah, again, like Lindsay, I can I get concerned when he says he's loud, but he also says he has a soft side. So maybe, you know, that's kind of a weird blend. So I'm curious to see how that works. Yeah, um, yeah. But also, uh, like you said, I think the I think for an archetype like Mike, who is the oldest player in the cast, he needs to be loyal. I think that is what he'll bring him for in the game. So I think that that's a good thing for him. Um, but yeah, we'll move on here to um, Lydia. Lydia is somebody that I will tell you that I'm very intrigued by as well. Um, she is 22. I'm waiting for a picture to show up. We'll see if it ever loads up. There you go. There you go. Um, she is currently, uh, she's, originally from Fredericksburg, uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, and now lives in Santa Monica, California, uh, waitress. Um, she writes comedy, goes to music festivals, uh, roller skating, going to the movies by herself. She is funny, spontaneous, and loyal. Another person describing themselves as loyal. Uh, she doesn't like when people waste their time. Um, she is terrified of vacuum cleaners. Uh, <laughs> So doesn't give a game applicable answer there uh, unless they go on reward and get a vacuum cleaner. Um, she says she thinks he'll. Okay, so this is interesting. Lydia, a 22 year old girl, says that she thinks she'll most play like Tom Westman. Deep because, call. I love it because he was honest but a great player. Also, Sari because she's a great social player. I'll carry my own in challenges but dominate socially. Um, maybe a little crazy like Tebby. Only time will tell. She thinks she could be the sole survivor because she's likable, funny, but wicked smart and strategic. She's young, capable of holding her own. She's honest and willing to make big moves uh, that change the game. She's ready. Uh, Right off the bat, my immediate immediate first impression is that she's going to be a fan favorite. Um, 
because I, f- I feel like she she's clearly showing a lot of personality in these answers, despite the fact that they're short. I also have seen her videos. She seems like she's going to be somebody who's pretty easy to get along with. Um, somebody who's going to be pretty funny in confessionals. Also, I think it's interesting that she said she, she I believe she said she's an actress uh, also, and she's not mm-hmm. going to tell people that. That's a good trait to have because even though I believe she says in an article that she is not good at lying, but you would think that if she's an actress, she's got to have something there. Um, so, but she's also loyal. I think she could very well be a Xander type on this season that is loved by the people, you know, very young, but loved by people, um, by the viewers watching this. Um, I I'm bullish on Lydia. Um, my only, my only, uh, the only thing that would hold me back here from, you know, on her is the fact that she is 22, which is obviously very young. Um, so again, curious to see how this all plays out. Yeah. I mean, Lydia for me is such a big question mark. I feel like I, I, again, I don't want to say for a lot of people, they could go earlier. They could go far. Cause you, you got to plant your flag at some points, but um, you know, I mean, I feel like on this tribe, if I'm looking at, she's on the Vati tribe, which is the green tribe. So she's there with Chanel, hi, Jenny, Daniel, and Mike. Um, I don't, I don't see her, you know, contributing the most in the challenges unless she's on the puzzle portion of the, uh, of the challenge. And she could do very well there if that's one of her strong suits. Um, she does have a very, like you said, a fun personality and she could get along with people. So I could see her going far. I could see her ending up in the final three. The question is, do I see her winning? Like, does she strike me right away where I say that's a winner? I, I, I don't see it yet, but again, I could easily be surprised. I could see something in episode two that really draws my attention. Um, so yeah, no, again, Lydia just for me is a question mark right now. So I don't have a firm stance on her yet, but if she can keep up her good personality and, and pe- everyone likes her and everybody wants to go to her, yeah, that's good. Yeah. My, my early prediction is that she goes somewhere between like, uh, I'm going to say nine and nine and like five. Uh, okay. and she does well with the fans. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, Roxroy, our next guy we got Roxroy. here, 40, 44 years old, originally from Brooklyn, currently lives in Las Vegas. He's a stay-at-home dad. He loves basketball, playing with his kids, camping, and golf. He is thankful, calm, except when driving, and faithful. Um, his pet peeves are drivers that don't use their turn signal, uh, somebody who thinks that they know every, everything, so good thing that there will be no cars uh, on the island unless they have a car reward and bring that back. Um, he is... Um, he is an environmental scientist. He's Jamaican. Um, he loves watching golf. He's been to over 20 countries. Um, he says he was raised in Brooklyn during a time, uh, of crack cocaine, murder, and poverty. Um, he said he's a man today because, uh, his mother and how she brought him up. Um, he thinks he'll play most like John Cochran. Uh, he understood his weaknesses the second time around and it strengthened him to compete and win. Um, he says he believes he could be the sole, uh, sole survivor because it would be a life-changing amount of money for him and he'll never forget what he's playing for, the money and his family. Uh, again, another guy who gave very short answers. Um, I honestly don't have many thoughts based on these answers. What do you think, Ryan? Um, I think, honestly, I, I really have no, not, not a big read here. Yeah, I'm not sure how Roxroy will do in the game. First of all, a great name, Roxroy. I mean, it's funny because it took us 42 seasons to get a Roxroy, although I think it's also our first Zach. It, it took us 42 seasons to get a Zach and a Roxroy. But um, no, I think I actually could see him being a fan favorite. I was really interested to see you say that about Lydia. I could see Roxroy being a fan favorite if he has that infectious personality. Um, 
the biggest thing I took away from him is his relationship with his wife, where um, when asked, why are you here on Survivor? Uh, he made a comment on commercial like, um, like I could do this. Like, I, I could do this. And then his wife was like, you should. And then Jeff hop, hops on commercial and says, hey, apply right now. And his wife gives him the computer and says, go apply. And then he's like, I'm here to win the money. And my wife says, go bring me a million. He's like, yes, dear. So <laughs> I like his relationship with his wife there. Um, I'm not sure how he'll do in the game, but I do think he has a pretty fun personality. So I could see him being the fan favorite. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm very curious. I, I I don't have huge thoughts except for, like you said, I think that he has potential in terms of his character. Um, he doesn't really give a lot of strategic answers here, so I'm kind of curious to see how that'll play out. But we'll see. Um, all right, next player we got here is Jenny. Jenny hey. is 40, 43 from New York. Uh, currently lives in New York. A lot of New Yorkers here, at least from mm -hmm. at least previously or now. Um. Favorite hobbies, travel, Pilates, writing and watching movies. She's direct, open, and compassionate. She doesn't like arrogant people um, and those with sense of entitlement. Um, she says she is a designer. Um, and she says that she sh uh, shifted gears despite having a tough time in during a recession and became a certified Pilates instructor to, I guess, help make extra money. Um, so she's had, you know, to overcome obstacles. She's proud of those twists and turns. Um, she says she, you never know that she knows how to weld and build furniture out of metal. She worked in a metal shop uh, for a year. She's crafty and good with her hands. So maybe she'll be like Wendell and build stuff around camp. Um, uh, her husband is her hero. Uh, her hero. Um, she says she'll play the game most like uh, Kelly Wentworth's tenacity and Lauren Beck's um, ability to watch people and understand their motives. She loves to study human behavior. She says she will um win survivor because she has a high emotional intelligence and this means that she will know how to read people understand what they're feeling and she's a great listener and leader and will be able to gain trust what are your thoughts ryan so i do really like jenny i mean i i think the one thing that i'll i worry about her is you know the fact that she is 43 and um other than mike she's the oldest on her tribe and if they need to get rid of somebody i could see them looking to her i hope they don't i think jenny has some potential here i like I mean, first of all she already won five points for me automatically when it when asked give me one non-winner you identify with and she said sari and she thinks sari is the best to never win so she already got some brownie <laughs> points with me off the bat but um yeah no i think that like she said she is very empathetic people trust her right away when they meet her according to herself and you know she likes sari because sari uh, understands people she knows how to talk to them uh understand their needs and then bring them into the fold and then never see her coming when she uh when she has to backstab them now Again, the biggest trick of Survivor is can you blindside people and then have them turn around to give you a million dollars? So as long as she leaves people feeling good about themselves, and if she does blindside, she doesn't do it in a malicious way, I could see her getting the respect of the jury if she gets to the end. I think for me, the question is more, does Jenny get there? That's for me. That's the question for me. Yeah, I, I think Jenny will do well because it looks like she is going to get along well with other people. Like, I was smiling when I saw her video. Like, she seems like somebody that would be very good to get, uh, very, like, cool to get along with. Um, mm -hmm. somebody who you know is going to understand people well um the question is um is she going to be dealt the right hands how is she you know is, is she going to be paired with the right people that she could get along with i don't know if i could see her getting along with a lot of younger people but maybe like you said i think you i believe you said uh that she's on the same tribe as mike that's somebody i could see her getting along with given the fact that they're both from the new york area mike's from hoboken mm -hmm. she's from new york they're both a little older um i i could see her I can see you're doing well in this game. I, I, I'm, I am a Jenny fan for sure. Yeah. 
All right, next player we got is... Uh, we're waiting on the load here. Yeah, we only got three more, four more. And we're not loading. This is great. Um, let me see if I can refresh the page. If it doesn't work, uh, I have it on my screen. So if it doesn't work, I could try it. All righty. Um, yeah, Ryan, if you want to uh, share your screen real quick, that would be great. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, share share the window of uh, this, the same article that I have. All right. All righty. Yeah. Three more players left. Again, apologize that this has gone. It's gone a little bit over time. I think originally we were going to talk about the tribal divisions more and like predictions we have also for like, uh, um, uh, what should I say? Uh, like advantages and twists that we could see yeah. this season. Um, I think we should push that to next week and just base our next week's podcast completely around that, uh, going through tribes and going through um, uh, potential twists in this game that we think could happen. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, love breaking this down. Ryan, let me know when you have your, yep, uh, it, it, it just, it finally loaded for me. Uh, I have it right here. Oh, the next know. one is Daniel. It's, it's funny because if I knew who was coming next, I could have, uh, started talking about them, but Daniel, can you see? Yep. And yeah, if you want, you could run through, you could yeah. run, run through. Yeah, Daniel, so, so now so. we'll flip roles and I'll go first and then you can go. So Daniel, yeah. <laughs> Daniel is 30 from uh, Cincinnati currently in Connecticut. He is a law clerk. Hobbies are movie fanatic, Legos, Survivor, and keeping track of things. He's a Boolean and driven. I looked this up when I first saw this, and I've already forgotten what it meant, so that's not a great sign. Um, pet peeves are people who are convinced that they're right. They foreclose debate. People who are disruptive in movie theaters. And then he says, oatmeal raisin cookies masquerading as chocolate chip cookies. I agree. I prefer chocolate chip cookies over oatmeal raisin by a mile. Um biggest accomplishment that he's proud of is um, surviving his battle with cancer. He wrote in his journal, a personal philosophy on what he thinks the purpose of life is. Um, he has a lot of interesting signed pocket U S constitutions. Um, uh, just to go through this quickly in order for him to win, he will need to lower his threat level from the get go and he will embrace his inner goofy like a Fabio. And then obviously the winner, he would obviously uh, model his game after is Yul and Todd. Always love a good Todd Herzog reference. Um, and he says that he thinks the odds are against him. It's all going to be a, mat a matter of threat management. Um, for me, Dylan, I, I think Daniel is going to have an uphill battle. I could see him going out early here. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, I like how he says manage your threat level because that's what Tony did. Adam Klein is a big believer in managing your threat level. But I don't know. I just feel like I watched his video. He comes off as very funny, but he is – I laughed, but he is very quirky. And I hope that his tribe laughs along with him because – if he just can't relate to them, he could go out early. That's just my fear right off the bat. Look, maybe maybe he'll be a Brad and be a great uh, great character early boot, or maybe he will um, make a run here. I think the big uphill battle is he says, first of all, he has an amazing story, Cancer Survivor. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Um, he, he said he's not going to hide that from anybody. Clearly, that's going to that's gonna be threatening. Uh, you don't want to bring him to the end. Um and I'm sure he'll realize that, but he's still going to tell people, he said. Um, also, um, yeah, I, I like Daniel. I think I'm going to enjoy watching him. Again, He this is one of these people I really have no idea what's going to happen with him. I it, Like you said, I, will he relate to other people? Maybe not. Maybe. Will he be like funny enough that they'll want to keep him around? Maybe. Um, I, I really, honestly, I could see him going far, or I could see him going pretty early. I'm not sure there's a big in-between here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right, All right, next, next player. 
now we have three more. Marianne. Marianne is 24. She's one of our other Canadians on the cast. So love seeing the representation there after our most recent winner, Erica, was from Canada. Uh, she is a seminary student. Uh, hobbies include video games, reading, and snowboarding. Uh, three words to describe you. Energetic, empathetic, and chaotic. That's pretty fun. Um, pet peeves when people don't listen to me. People who walk slowly in front of me. Anything that disrupts my sleep hypocrites and people who don't apologize uh she's proud of writing an article in her school newspaper that led to her being invited to consult with the university's equity and inclusion officer on creating a better framework and support for black students that's obviously very impactful and important she's a great listener um just just because i don't i talk a lot doesn't mean i'm also not listening at the same time people are so used to hearing me when i'm there uh her mother is her hero Davy, good Davy reference here, who we also had on the podcast last season for season 41. Um, she thinks that Davy was somebody who had loyalty to many people, had a strong core alliance and was social. Not only that, but he was able to find idols and win challenges and play idols correctly. And Marianne believes she will be the sole survivor because she's a social person and at its core is a numbers game. That's true. Just don't do Brad Culpepper math with numbers. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, Marianne Dillon, I really like her. If I had to pick a fan favorite, I know I said Roxy before, but I'll scratch that. I think Marianne will be a fan favorite. I mean, she really, you know, just tugs at your heartstrings right away when she and it sounds like she's actually getting emotional herself when she says in her quick video or or in one of the promos that, you know, hey, I'm weird. And I want to show people who are weird that they can win Survivor and they can be great just because, you know, it, and they're weird too. Um, I see her in the promo connecting uh, with Omar so that I could see them being a fun duo together. Um, I don't know uh, if she could win. I think for me, she's someone like Jenny where I, Marianne gets to the end and she's very likable. I could see her winning. Again, my question is, does she get to the end? So that's my point. Yeah, I get, like I, you basically said exactly what I'm gonna say. I see a fan favorite here. Um, she's shown a lot in the, the promos, I believe. So I mm -hmm. think she's gonna play a decent role in the season. Um, I yeah, again, if people like her, then she's gonna probably end up going far. So we'll see how far that carries her. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think that Marianne could be a fan favorite here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to discussing her more as we you know dive more into the season uh, in other podcasts, but. Second to last person, Zach Wurtenberger. Great name there. Also, we have found our Adam Klein of the season. I think he actually references Adam in his bio, but when I saw him, Dylan, I, I immediately am like, this is Adam. This is basically Adam. <laughs> but you know what? I, I can't, look, I can't complain. I mean, if I had to be honest and say who am I most like, it probably is Adam myself. Um, <laughs> Zach is 22. He is a student. Uh, hobbies include social strategy games, comedy writing, and running. Words to describe you would be clever, competitive, and storyteller. So I could see Zach being huge in the confessionals um pet peeve is people who don't tip because he used to deliver pizzas um he's proud of uh debate uh, he talks about tournament of champions which is basically the biggest tournament of the year in debate so if zach gets to the end expect him to be a great public speaker and really convince the jury why he deserves to win so i'm not sure if he'll let people know that i forget what he said in his video but if he gets to the end, people should be nervous about Zach articulating his game. Cause we always talk about Dylan people who don't own their game and people who don't articulate it, never get the respect of the jury. So I think he could do well there. Um, people might perceive that because he's young, he might be naive and have life experience, but you know, he's a hustler. You know, he says he, he works hard for his grades, his scores, his competitive success, but he still is, you know, 22 and he just doesn't have the life experience that the others have. 
And then he says that he's he would play the game most like Todd Herzog. I'm actually shocked he didn't say Adam. But he said that Todd played a brilliant game in China where he controlled votes from the shadows. And the tallest tree is the first one cut. Look at Edge of Extinction's boot order. I mean, if you look at, you know, uh, Joe to Eric to um julia to wentworth to Wardog. i mean that makes sense you kind of have to manage your threat level and he believes that he has all the skills to win the game because he's personable and he makes friends easily um i really like zach um i think again he's someone like romeo where if you're a super fan you have those traits i like you off the bat and i think he could do very well um my thing with zach dylan is like i said before he's a super fan so is romeo are they going to work together or are they going to look at each other and say, one of us has to go. We both can't be here uh, as threats. So like Romeo, if Zach can just make it through the first few votes, I could see him going very far in the game. Even if he does go far, maybe he'll get like fifth, fourth, third. I just don't know if he gets to the end because again, his age, he's younger than some of these people. Will they respect him? And if they respect Zach, he's a great public speaker. They'll give him the win. But if they see him as just a, a he's still a young kid, he's a student. I don't know if he can win. So that's the biggest question. I'm not sure I see a scenario where Zach doesn't do well. Um, I, I think the – actually, I should say the only scenario where I think he doesn't do well is if he comes over comes up as overbearing in terms of, like, his debate skills, his, uh, his competitiveness. Um, so, you know, I, I am very bullish on Zach. I think that it's not a coincidence that he says – um, it's not a coincidence that he says he plays the game, um, most like, uh, Todd Herzog, considering he had arguably the best final tribal council ever. And he, again, is saying he's a master of debate. He's won debate competitions. You don't want to take him to the end because he's going to have a Todd, like, uh, you don't want to take him to the end because he's going to have a Todd like thing. Uh, quick issue with Ryan here. Just got to get him back in. All right. Yeah, I had a quick computer crash, but you know what? I'm back right away. So let's uh, hear your thoughts on Zach. Love to see. Oh, wait, I got to get, uh, let me just get uh, the, uh, the screen share of the article up. Ah, we're on the last guy. I don't need to get it up. But uh, uh, all right. Um, yeah. So like I said, I think that uh, I think that it's not a coincidence that he says he's going to play like Todd because he, Todd gave the best final tribal council speech of all time. So if that's what you like and that's what you study, then you know, I think that uh, Zach, you know, you don't want to bring him to the end. I also think that debate is going to help him like convincing if he has to convince people a way to go or convince people how to stay. That's a great skill to have. I think that's why Survivor put him on is because it's just like a weird skill to have. Um, so he's clearly very good at that. He's won all these competitions. Um, again, I'm not sure I see a scenario where Zach doesn't do well unless he's that overbearing that early and people see that as threatening. But yeah, I'm excited for Zach. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's one more person on the cast. I know we're almost at an hour and a half and I had the quick computer issue, but the last person, Dylan, is Drea. I believe Drea is a fitness instructor, if I remember her bio correctly. Um, I don't have the article open because my computer is still booting up. Let me, but... uh, let me actually share it quick. I thought we were on the sure. last one. Um... No, Drea is the last one. Right. Alrighty. All right. So Drea from uh, San Antonio now lives in Montreal. So another person who's uh, 
currently lives in Canada on the show. Um, fitness consultant. She loves working out. She's resilient, ambitious, and caring. She does not like dishonest people, as that's her pet peeve. Uh, that's somewhat concerning. She's an all-American track runner. Um, she says that, um, let's see here. She says she's going to play the game most like Kelly Wentworth. She contributes to her team and sets up alliances while being a competitor in the process. She believes her personality, physical strength, ability to manipulate people uh, to do what they want will help her get to the final. Um, she's able to see where different personalities fit in her life and utilize them when it fits. She is somebody else that I think has a wide range of outcomes. Um, again, she kind of seems very competitive and uh, seems like she's going to be very reliant on the physical game, which I'm not sure is great. Um, so that's immediate red flag to me. But again, if she could kind of do the social stuff that she's kind of talking about here, like with Kelly Wentworth, uh, setting up alliances. Um, but then I think she could do well, but like, she seems like she's mostly focused on the physical aspect of the game, which is not exactly, uh, uh it's not exactly great in my opinion. <laughs> but again, I, I don't know. I like her personality a lot when I watch her videos. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Drea, I, I do like her. Um, I think she's going to. I think she'll make the merge right away because she honestly, Dylan, looking at her tribe over here, she's on the Ica, the blue tribe with Roxroy, Zach, Tori, Romeo, and Swati. I think she's the strongest person on this tribe, honestly, um, just because of her background. And I think they're going to need her. And I think she does come off as pretty likable. So I see her making the merge. She's someone to me that she could be an early merge boot. So I hope she can get herself into a good alliance and I hope she can overcome that to get to the end and i and i i easily i can see her winning if she gets there and she's played a great game um the question for me is can she survive the early merge because i think her tribe is going to need her off the bat yeah yeah i do agree with everything you're saying um but i want to get to some uh questions here if there are any um we could answer some questions um Ryan, do you, oh wait, you're not on the, you're not on the computer right now. Sure, I forgot. Um, uh, let's see. I'm going to, uh, trying to look through. So we're actually having some lag with the questions right now. Um, I'm not sure. So most people are just seem to be commenting. Um, most people seem to be commenting and not, um, asking questions, which is completely fine. We've had a ton of comments and interactions tonight in the chat. So I'm happy to see that we have a ton of comments. We have people interacting with each other, discussing the cast in the chat. Absolutely love to see that. Um, and we also ran a little long. So if you have yep. any questions, be sure to comment on this video and we will get back to you with an answer. Um, that being said, just want to remind everyone to subscribe to this video. Um, also uh, subscribe to this channel. I should say like this video, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at soul survivor pod. Um, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, any other platform and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple. We would really appreciate it. Um, also tell your friends about the podcast. If they're survivor fans, you know, we love having new viewers and, you know, people who come and uh, engage every single week. Um, also next week we will get more in depth with questions and stuff. So again, uh, if you, if you had a question that I missed or any of us missed, cause this was so long, then I'm sorry about that. You could either comment it. Uh, you can tweet at us, you can comment it on the video and we'll try to get back to you. Um, but also be here next week cause we will answer a lot of questions and we'll go over the tribes in depth and we will go over, uh, predictions for twists and stuff like that in the game. Yeah, no, Dylan, I think you summarized it perfectly. Um, again, apologies for the tech issues. I don't know why my computer had that crashing issue. Although I guess 
it's a bit older. I've had it for like seven years, so I guess I need a new laptop anyway. But don't worry, I will figure out the tech stuff for next time, even if I'm using a different computer to fix it. But other than my little technical issue, um, I thought we did a great job tonight. I thought we, um, I'm excited for this cast. I really think this is going to be a really fun cast. I think it could be a great season. Um, and like you said, Dylan, when we talk next week or another podcast leading up to the premiere on March 5th, I'm just super excited to see what this cast has in store. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, and yeah, uh, like you normally say to end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for anybody that's new here, because obviously I know we have a lot of returning people, but we have some newbies as always as well. So we always end the podcast with our classic saying from, you know, Jeff Probst. Um, We have nothing else to share. So uh, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night. <laughs>